Look uh, this evening uh, at uh, the uh, Soweto issue insofar as ESCOM is concerned and uh, you would have seen a big protest out in Dibkluf on Monday and uh, many residents are saying they uh, took to the streets because they haven't had electricity for more than two weeks. Now apparently ESCOM cut power to parts of Dibkluf saying residents had caused losses of about 96 million over the past eight months and uh, yeah I, I guess uh, ESCOM also suggesting that if they were to continue the system without uh, switching it off, uh, then uh, some of the equipment failures would result. Uh, and uh, if um, they, I guess, fail violently so, this would have a massive bearing on the community. Mashango Shibambu is the maintenance and operations manager for ESCOM in Gauteng and joins me uh, this evening. Absheni uh, Mashambu, and thank you very much for joining us. Absheni Wonga, and Absheni to your listeners. Thank you very much. Uh, Mashangu, let's maybe start off, uh, I guess, just, um, you know, on uh, the disconnections themselves as part of the, what I would think is the creditor policy of ESCOM. Talk me through what function disconnecting people plays uh, as part of your credit collection or, I guess, revenue collection approach as ESCOM um, and whether or not, you know, this happens as a first outcome when people don't pay you or, you know, just for us to get a sense of what has happened here in Tipkloof and uh, what you've done prior to cutting off. Okay, thanks, Ayabonga. Maybe let me just um, uh, correct that to say that, like, uh, our main reasons for the disconnections is not mainly the the issue of credit control. The the biggest risk that we've got uh, in uh, in deep proof, as you uh, highlighted, is that uh, we have got uh, high losses uh, of energy uh, in deep proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe to, uh, for, for for a start, we've got a total customer base of sixteen thousand uh, sixteen thousand four hundred and seven customers uh, in the group. Okay. And out of the sixteen thousand four hundred and seven, eleven thousand four hundred and sixty six of our customers in the group, they are zero buyers. They don't pay anything for electricity. Zero. When I say zero, I mean that like they don't pay even a cent. Now that is seventy percent of our customer base uh, who are mm. not paying for electricity. Now the thirty percent who are paying. Not all of them are paying um, um, uh, repeatable amounts of uh, electricity. Some of them, they pay just a bare minimum, which is required uh, for them to be able to lock calls uh, for ESCOM if ever there's faults. Mm-hmm. Because what we do now when customers call to log a call, uh, log a fault, we check in the system to see is it a customer or is it a consumer. And if it's a consumer, uh, we don't attempt to eat uh, instantly. We first prioritize our customers who are paying. Uh, before we can be able to restore supply to our consumers. However, so, we do so, so, restore supply to all the people yeah. who are connected to the network. Now, so, Mashangu, get, Ma- Mashangu, wait, 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 Mashangu. Of, of the numbers you've shared, how many people are postpaid and how many are prepaid? Okay, uh, I'll have to, to check for you in terms of okay, the details. Sure. I did not uh, look at those figures in terms of the postpaid as, as well as the uh, prepaid, but uh, all in all... Uh, uh, currently, it's the way to in totality. We have got um, uh, 188,000 customers. Mm. Um, out of the 188,000, we have got uh, 30,000 customers that are still uh, postpaid. We've embarked okay. on a project now to uh, convert uh, postpaid customers to, to prepaid. So we've got about 30,000 customers in the entire so way to that uh, we still need to convert from postpaid to prepaid. But uh, specifically to, to deep loof, uh I cannot be able to give you a figure sure. uh, off my head now, but uh, mm. 
yeah, it, it should be a fraction of that uh, uh, 30,000 that we still uh, be doing the conversion. Sure. So, so you're suggesting to us that 30% of the people who are paying, and some of them are not paying in full, um, are, are the ones you are wanting to prioritize and service. Um, and you were linking that to disconnection. So, so maybe just continue on that score. I just wanted to understand, I guess, that split. Um, so, so you are saying you're disconnecting because uh, of what necessarily? Okay. Now, what leads mostly to, to disconnections of uh, electricity in, uh, in the areas where we have got uh, a high non-technical losses. The biggest challenge is that uh, in areas where we've got uh, high technical losses, the usage of electricity exceeds what the equipment are designed for. Now, as a result, we start uh, sweating the assets. Like if you've got the transformer, which is uh, designed to carry a maximum of 100 customers. If uh, in that specific area, you've got uh, 200 or 300 customers connected to the same transformer, now you start overloading the transformer. If you look at the design of a transformer, uh, it has got windings as well as uh, oil inside, which is for cooling of the unit so that it does not overheat. Now, the minute you start overloading it uh, or start getting more than what is capable of uh, 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 pushing out, then uh, the temperature starts to rise on the transformer. And uh, when the temperature rises, it starts to boil the oil inside. Then the gases that get formed with the boiling of the oil inside uh, can lead to the violent explosion of the transformer, which can be a risk to people who are in close proximity to that particular transformer. It can explode. Uh, spill out that oil which can burn people. Uh, it, it becomes a risk for electrocution to people who can be in, um, uh, nearby. So to try avoid that, uh, for sure you will have heard by now already that the number of people who have been without uh, supply in Soweto for quite some time because we are not coping with the demand of the transformers that are failing on daily basis because of overloading and the failures. So to avoid the failures of this equipment, uh, we strategically switch them on and off to allow the equipment to cool down so that we can be able to restore supply at a later stage. Because if we sure, allow the equipment sure. to run to failure, we will take longer to replace because uh, mm. we are unable to cope with the demand at the rate at which they are failing. Sure. Uh, under normal okay. circumstances, Masha, the transformer is supposed to last at least for a minimum of 20 years. But yeah. now, at the rate at which it's happening now, when we're overloading, they fail within three weeks, within two okay, weeks. So, so, like, we can't cope with that demand. Mashangu, yes. I think the point is well made, brother. I want us to pause here for a second. We're going to continue uh, after this spot break. So, let's take the spot break. When we come back, I want you to continue to unpack this. Uh, and also, I, I might want to hear from you what are the reasons why uh, the transformers are being overloaded in this fashion? Yeah, six minutes it is before 8 p.m. It's our headline segment here on uh, Metro FM Talk. And uh, this evening, in discussion with Mashang Ushibambu, uh, ESCOM Maintenance and Operations Manager out in Gauteng. And uh, yeah, you might want to reach out to us. Do send through your voice notes, uh, especially in Nabantu Bangape Soweto on uh, 079-191-4270. You can also reach us on 089-110-3377 on our studio line. Now, Mashangu, I guess you were still explaining, and I want you maybe to complete your explanation before I follow up with my question. Why the transformers you are putting in now are failing much sooner than their 20-year product life cycle. Um, and you're suggesting that, you know, it's because the number of connections that rely on these transformers are much higher than what these transformers are necessarily designed for. Yeah, the biggest problem that we've got uh, is that uh, we've got a lot of uh, backyard dealers uh, in, uh, in Suito. You find that like... Uh, 
when we do our designs, uh, we look at the number of houses that we're planning to connect uh, in a specific area. So if there's a uh, hundred houses that we're supposed to be supplying, we design infrastructure that uh, will be adequate to supply the 500 houses based on the stands that uh, will be there. But the reality now is that uh, on a monthly basis, we've got over 35,000 people that are uh, migrating into uh, uh, Johannesburg. Uh, and most of them, they end up uh, in Soweto because uh, they'll uh, be looking for refuge or a place where they can be able to stay. Now, we have got homeowners now who have uh, built uh, backyard dwellers. Uh, you find that like in one yard, where we're supposed to be servicing one house, you find that like there's uh, five, six houses uh, at the back, which are connected to the same uh, infrastructure that was supposed to supply one house household. Now, the worst case scenario that I've seen is uh, in a yard where we had uh, about uh, 19 um, uh, beds. Now, in a situation like that now, um, the meter would be tripping uh, most of the time because uh, it cannot handle uh, the, the demand for 19 um, uh, uh, rooms instead of uh, a standard household. Now, they end up bypassing the meters. Uh, so as a result, you will overload when the meter is bypassed and uh, there will be no protection that will be able to trip. Should there be any fault that happen uh, in the network, uh, as a result, we end up having houses that burn down as a result of the overload. So that overloading is the one that causes uh, uh, become a risk now to our transformers because uh, if in one, in one house you, you multiply now by five, uh, instead of supplying uh, 500 houses, if you multiply that uh, by five, you've got 2,500 houses uh, of which the infrastructure is not designed for. So if we don't switch off and on and off those networks mm. and allow the equipment to cool down, we end up uh, having premature failure of those units. In the past yeah. three years, we've spent $400 million replacing the transformers. And uh, I mean, it's an open secret that ESCOM does not have that type of money anymore. So mm. as a result, uh, it would be unsustainable for us to keep on burning the transformers at that rate. If uh, we cannot be able to replace at the same rate, it means that uh, our customers will be without the uh, yeah. power for extended periods. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, Mashango, from what you're saying, it's quite clear that the housing crisis of Soweto has, is now, you know, morphing into an energy crisis because of the implications of backyard dwelling and unregulated, uh, you know, creation of backyard dwellings uh, uh, within uh, uh, many of those neighborhoods. But I want to maybe hear from you how, in your communication and liaison with the community, how you have uh, outlined the issues that you've outlined to me now and what the responses and feedback of the communities have been. Yeah, yeah, specifically in uh, the deep roof community, it's not for the first time that we've been engaging with uh, with them. We, we had an engagement with, uh, with the community and um, uh, indicated the danger of uh, exactly as I've explained to you. Uh, and indicate that like uh, they need to allow us to go into the area so that we can be able to disconnect people who are illegally connected on the network so that we can be able to have uh, electricity supply which is uh, sustainable. Now, um, what we do in that instance is that like we do audits on individual houses and identify where people have uh, tempered with our infrastructure. Then we'll issue them with fines uh, for tempering with the electricity infrastructure. And after they've uh, paid the fines, then uh, we'll um, uh, reconnect them to, to the network. So we, we had an engagement and we issued uh, uh, fines to, to, to the community 
and wanted to disconnect. It so happened that um, uh, at the time, when we had an engagement with the leadership in the area, and they pleaded to say that, can you give us uh, 14 days for us to correct uh, the situation? And uh, we did allow them, because uh, as ESCOM, the only way that you make money is when we supply electricity to the customers, and the customers are paying for electricity. We don't uh, become happy when uh, people are off, because uh, we'll not be making revenue, we'll not be collecting revenue mm. if our customers are off. So we encourage that customers are supposed to be on, uh, uh, and they pay for the services that they are rendering, then that's how we collect revenue as ESCOM and it becomes sustainable for us to be able to connect uh, more customers. So after the engagement that was held uh, with the community, then uh, uh, fines were issued, then, um, uh, but they did not honor the commitments to pay the fines that, uh, that were issued. Uh, they requested an extension, an extension was granted, and uh, nothing happened after that. So, hence, we ended up uh, taking that uh, step to say that uh, seeing mm-hmm. that they are not complying uh, to avoid the risk of us damaging the equipment, let's rather switch off. Um, because if we don't disconnect the people who are illegally connected to the network, the danger mm-hmm. is we'll end up damaging the infrastructure. And when that happens, they are going to stay for longer without electricity. Yeah, yeah. Is this going to inform your design planning going forward? I mean, the, the sense that, you know, yes, you might have. 180,000 people on your books, but you know that it might even, you know, your, your network infrastructure might have to service even three times or four times more than that. Um, I mean, is this influencing, I guess, how you're going to go forward in terms of, you know, repairing and even replenishing and creating sort of new transformers to service Soweto? Because when we talk about Soweto, I guess we're not talking just about a, you know, a, a small Nyana township outside Komani or something like that. No, no, you're right. We are encouraging people who have the backyard um, uh, 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 or back rooms where they have got um, their renting uh, back rooms to come to ESCOM to apply for the upgrade of the infrastructure that they've got. So if they apply for the upgrade of the electricity that they require, then we can be able to uh, plan better to say that uh, now we need to be upgrading our transformers to be able to cater for the total number of um, uh, customers that we've got in our network. Then uh, by so doing, it means that uh, it will improve our revenue collection because we'll be having more customers. Because I can um, assure you, most of the people who are staying in, uh, in the bedrooms, some of them are paying electricity uh, to, to the landlords, but they're paying electricity to a landlord who is, who is not paying, who is not passing that money now to... Sure, Because sure. like they've uh, bypassed the meter. And as a result, they're getting electricity for free. So they are selling a product that they are not buying any, any, any stock from. So obviously, we cannot be able to sustain that um, if we are paying uh, money. Like I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, on a um, specific transformer from a uh, deep group where we've switched off, on that particular transformer, like uh, every month, we spent $2.6 million to buy electricity that we supply the customers um, from, uh, from transmission. Now, when we buy stock at 2.6 million, you find that the revenue that we collect at the end of the month from that particular transformer is uh, less than 100,000. So obviously, it means that we are subsidizing with 2.5. The question is that, like, uh, for how long can we be able to sustain such an operation uh, where we put in uh, money, but now we are unable to collect what you... We we don't even break even. I mean, if you collect less than 10% of what you're Mm. buying for, Obviously, at some stage, you're bound to get to the point where you will not be able to have capacity to continue buying going forward.
maybe just the last question on my end before I let you go, uh, uh, Mashangu. Uh, and I guess it you know, has to do with uh, uh, what other alternatives there might be just going forward in the interim now. Because what you're suggesting is that you, know, you have to have an on-off type of approach now to make sure that you don't burn out your transformers. Um, I mean, what are the other approaches? How, how do you lower demand uh, outside of just switching everybody off indiscriminately? Because I think that's the issue now, that, um, you know, there are many people who are either on, you know, chronic uh, medications that need to be cold or need some form of electricity to keep themselves alive in that part of the world, let alone, you know, the people that are involved in some or the other form of business uh, on, whose li- on which livelihoods are dependent. Um, how do you make sure that I guess you know the approach is a combination of things rather than just you know three months? Okay, I think um, uh, like I've indicated earlier on to say that uh, our wish is to keep the lights uh, burning because like the more we keep the lights burning, the more revenue we can be able to collect as uh, as ESCOM. But I think uh, uh, we we we're trying so hard to find engineering solutions. Mm. The socio-economic problems, and um, uh, I don't believe that uh, there's any engineering solution that one can be able to implement that will address socio-economic problems. However, um, uh, what we're trying to do is to um, uh, sanitize or clean up our networks uh, by making sure that we remove people who are illegally connected to the network. If we do that, the people that you're talking about who are on chronic, chronic medication who requires their medication to be in uh, refrigerators, if they mm-hmm. allow us to remove it, people who are illegally connected on the network, it will assist in ensuring that uh, we we keep them on. But uh, the more people allow others to illegally connect into the network, then uh, it makes it impossible for us to be able to continue supplying uh, electricity in a sustainable uh, in a sustainable manner. And uh, the people who are doing these illegal connections are known to the community. I think um, uh, as a community, we've got the social responsibility as well to say that, like, if we do see people are doing this, um, we need to inform uh, ESCOM, we need to report them to the um, uh, authorities so that we can be able to stop this. Because uh, if we don't do that, uh, it will end up affecting everyone. And uh, it's so sad that being in countries where you find that like they don't have the luxury of electricity like what we have. But in South Africa, we do have a privilege of having accelerated our electrification program, whereby only less than 10% of the South Africans have got uh, no access to electricity. Mm. But uh, we're taking it for granted and we're going to erode this infrastructure that has been created. And uh, as a result, we'll be moving backwards. But uh, if we can be able to handle electricity with care and use it responsibly, that will allow ESCOM, I mean, like in the last three years, if we've spent 400 million uh, replacing transformers, that 400 million will have connected additional uh, customers or potential customers who have not have the luxury of having uh, electricity. And the reality is that um, it's not that people cannot afford to buy electricity. I mean, if you compare in other provinces, which are much poorer compared to, compared to Houding, I personally come from Limpopo. Uh, I've got a grandmother who's a, who's a pensioner, uh, but she she, she buys uh, electricity religiously from uh, from a pension grant. Uh, uh, so I don't believe that the people in Soweto cannot be able to afford electricity. It's just that they don't prioritize ESCOM because, like, we've created that culture, we've allowed that culture where people use electricity without paying for it. So we need to change that culture so that we can be able to move forward, we can be able to improve development in the country. 
and uh, other people can be able to continue enjoying the benefit of electricity. Okay. Mashangu Shibambu, Nakansa Makwapo, thank you very much. Let's leave it there for tonight. No, thank you. Bye. Sean. Mashangu Shibambu, the uh, maintenance and operations manager in Gauteng for ESCOM, joining us tonight.